On this episode of the Cubs Recap Podcast, Cap is AWOL, but I get the chance to sit down with Cubs slugger Matt Mervis and talk about his recent debut, his whirlwind year that got him here, along with his potential maybe to be the next Shohei Otani, and what's up with that walk-up song? Welcome to the Cubs Recap Podcast. Uh, this is Gordon Whitmeyer. Um, going solo today with Cap, we think, on vacation. We're still trying to locate him. Uh, with us is a special guest, Matt Mervis, uh, a very special guest. Uh, Cubs fans have been waiting a long time to see at Wrigley Field and f- have finally got their firsthand look at him over this past week and have seen uh, some, some pretty good results so far. Um, so again, Matt, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate that. Um, I think the best place to start is just kind of with your first day. I mean, it had to be kind of crazy for you that Friday afternoon at Wrigley Field, I think 31,000 people there, probably about 20,000 of them were your family and friends. <laughs> but um, you got your first hit and your first RBI in that game too. I mean, just can you take us through the experience and the emotions of that? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, like you said, I had a ton of people there supporting me and, and a bunch of people flew in to see me and support me. So um, I wasn't just playing for myself, but also for those that have supported me throughout my my career up to this point. Um, but playing in front of that crowd on a 70 degree day with clear skies and, and 30,000 people in the stands was incredible. Um yeah, including a what a standing ovation before you took a swing, right? Yeah, every time I came up to bat, the the crowd was going wild. And after I got my first hit in that RBI, um, just walking off the field, uh, the dugout was going crazy. The crowd was going crazy. It was really cool. Your so your parents were on their way to see you play anyway, right? Like I think on the way to Columbus from DC. That's right. And that's when you called them and said, "Change the flight." Yeah, they had just parked at the Baltimore airport, uh, tried to get a flight from Baltimore to Chicago, but there were none available. So they had to drive over to the D.C. airport and make it happen. So what so what happened that we saw so many people in the stands wearing those Mervis uh, jerseys? In fact, your dad had like a mash uh, T-shirt underneath uh, the jersey, I think. What about all those people Was that just last minute working the phones and saying, hey, get to Chicago? Yeah. Um, my sister flew in from college. My brother flew in from South Carolina where he lives. Um, four friends from high school, a couple college teammates, aunt and uncle. Um, my girlfriend and her family flew up. So everyone just scrambled last minute and, and got here in time. It's been almost a week now. You've got some games under your belt, some hits under your belt. Has this stuff sunk in? Yeah, it's slowed down a little bit. Um Really, it just feels like I'm back to playing baseball. Uh, you know, the game planning is is the same. It's getting ready to, to face really good pitching and um, try to help us win however I can. So just try not to let the, the crowd or the environment get too big and, and just stick to what I'm used to. Man, Lord knows you've seen some good pitching. That Marlins staff um, has some horses on it. And uh, you, you face the reigning Cy Young winner, um, you know, and then uh, – and then the Cardinals come in and throw Miles Michaelis at you guys. So, I mean, <laughs> what's uh, what's been kind of the – I mean, 
it feels like this is ob- an obvious question or it goes without saying, but maybe some people wouldn't necessarily look at that. What's the biggest difference you see? Like when all those different levels and different um, prospects, the talented guys you did face along the way, what's the difference when you get here at bat to at bat game to game and you see guys like I just mentioned? Yeah. So far it's just the execution. Um you know, early on against the the Marlins, I chased a few sliders out of the zone, and they just kept throwing good chase pitches. Um, and then Cardinals yesterday, they would specifically Michaelis, my second at bat, set me up with a, a good changeup off the plate, and then threw a sinker um, off the front hip. So, uh, you know, when guys need to make a pitch, they they can do that. And if I show that I'll chase something, they'll keep throwing it. So, uh, just some small adjustments that I'll have to make, but but nothing that I haven't done before. Do, do you still find, uh, you know, they talk about um, at least the old rule of thumb used to be you might get one pitch in at bat in the big leagues. Don't miss it. That kind of thing. Is, have you found any tr- Is it too soon to tell? Is, is there truth to that compared to what you've experienced uh, at other levels? Yeah, that seems about right. Um, but even again, mentioning my Marlins at bats, if if I show that I'm going to chase pitches before I get that one pitch to hit, then I never will. Um, they'll just keep throwing them out of the zone and, and, get me to swing at it if I'll, if I'll keep doing that. What, what do you, what goes through your mind when you hear even well ahead of your call up that, you know, you're, people are calling for you to join the club and they expect big things out of you and your, and your debut is compared to when Rizzo came up or Chris Bryant came up or Javi Baez came up. What goes through your mind when you hear stuff like that? Um, I, I try not to, think about it too much. Uh, obviously Rizzo was beloved here and, and helped bring a world series back to Chicago. And those are some big shoes to fill, but um, you know, my goal isn't to, to play how he played. It's just to help us win however I can. Um, it's great that the the fans wanted me here and are supporting me, but um, you know, that won't continue if I don't play well and I don't help us win. So that's all I care about. Yeah, it is a it is a tempting uh, comparison to make just because you guys are both kind of big, big power hitting lefties that play first base and kind of slot in the lineup similarly. Um, so, I mean, it's it's kind of natural. But but for people who may not know this, the 2020 draft, you got drafted in the 2020 draft out of Duke and there was only five rounds there. So you probably would have been drafted six to eight, six to 10, something in that range. You would have been drafted in the next cluster of rounds uh, for sure. Um, And that's where Rizzo was drafted, right? So that another comparison, but when the time came, you were one of those guys that was highly regarded who there were basically weren't enough rounds for. So teams were on the phone right away after that, calling the guys they really wanted, such as yourself. And we talked about this a little bit last year, kind of came down to the Cubs and the Yankees for you. Uh, pr- two pretty good franchises to be able to choose from. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned Rizzo was a little part of that equation for you last year. Can can you kind of take us through that decision when, when you got the pinstripes on the one hand and, and you got you got the Cubs who are, who are trying to build back to to World Series contention? Yeah, my planning throughout that process was if everything goes right. And the way I see it, if I'm in the big leagues in two plus years, where am I going to have an opportunity to play right away? 
Um, and so I did my planning on all the teams that called me. And, and like you said, it came down to the Cubs and Yankees um, just based off of history and player development and left-handed power in the system, um, all those factors. But really, I just had to guess. Um, either Rizzo was going to, in my mind, either he was going to sign back with the Cubs or um, the Yankees were going to go get a first baseman. So um, I just really, I just picked one and, and hoped that I was right. You, fi- you figure you're right right now? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's working out. Um, do you have you had that moment yet, or, or or maybe you already had, maybe you already felt that when you got called up? It, guys talk a lot about it, like they have that epiphany when it's like, okay, now I belong. Okay, I can do this here. Uh, it's that next step, and I want to get there. I know I'm good enough, but then there's that step right of you know, okay, I can do this at this level. Have you had that? Yeah, I, I, confidence isn't typically an issue for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always had more confidence in myself as a hitter than other people have had in me. So that's really what's driven me to this point. Um, But yeah, getting the hit out of the way on the first day, um, especially against a a, a tough lefty off a slider um, and to hit a ball hard was really, that just helped me settle in. And and I was able to wake up that Saturday the next day and just get ready to play baseball again. Yeah. It's funny. You said, you've had more confidence in your hitting than some other people have for people who don't know it. You were a two-way player in college. You pitched you had big arm. Um, and even up what toward the draft people were suggesting maybe, or toward your senior year, people were suggesting maybe you should focus on pitching and you decided not to um, because of your confidence in, in yourself. Yeah. Um, some of my, Offers even in free agency were as a pitcher only. Really? Um, yeah, and I got a couple two way mm-hmm. offers, but what, what, what teams? Can you share that with us? I don't. I don't want to share those. Um, okay. They know. That's the. <laughs> that's what makes me happy. But um, yeah, I just I never felt right as a pitcher. I I like you said I had a big arm, but that didn't make me a good pitcher. Um, I never had great secondary stuff and. Um, I got hurt a couple times pitching and, and what I missed when I was hurt was hitting and wasn't pitching. Um, so when I was building back from those injuries and I was able to swing before I was able to throw. So that let me really just focus on hitting um, a few different times. And I realized, you know, if I can, I would take a swing every once in a while and just try to repeat that over and over again. And I felt like if I could do that, then, then I would be in good shape. What do you think some of those evaluators were missing uh, when it came to you as a hitter? Really, I just didn't have much of a track record. Uh, I I got 10 at-bats through my first two years at Duke. Um, I didn't start my junior year, so there was a limited sample size that year. And even as a a free agent after the 2019 draft, um, I had a really good summer in Cape Cod, but nobody was willing to, to pull the trigger on me. You know, it really hasn't been that long since since all this water under the bridge and becoming a professional. In fact, I think you might have had until last year, maybe less than 500 bats, college and pro combined. Um, but in this day and age of Shohei Otani, have, I mean, are you tempted to like go try to make six hundred million dollars or whatever people think he's going to make because he's a two way player? Money talks, but uh, 
No, no, I don't think so. I think I'm happy to to not be pitching anymore. And what he does is incredible. And there's a reason why there's only one. Hey, they uh, teams designate who their position player is who's going to pitch now. Is that you? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see when we get in that situation. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, for your sake, hopefully you you don't get in that situation. Um, for for people who uh, may not know this, less than a year ago, by like about a week, you were at high A. I mean, that's how quickly you traveled through the organization last year when things clicked after an up and down 2021 and really no season at all in 2020. We all know that pandemic wiped out the minor league season. You went from, I think May 14th was your last day at uh, high A in South Bend and July, mid mid July was your last day at double A spent the rest of the season at triple A go to big league camp this year. And then, uh, go back to AAA, rake at AAA for a month, and now you're in the big leagues. Less than a year after being at uh, at High A, um, I don't know. In uh, you know the emotions and experience of that less than a year, can you sum that up in like ten words or less? <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, do, I couldn't do the question in ten words or less. I'm just joking. It happened really fast, um, but this is what I expected. Um, I came in, like you said, I had a bad 2021. Uh, I came into spring training feeling really good and had some good results. And I told some of our front office people, look, I want to start in double A. Um, I feel like I'm ready and, and I know I can go make an impact. And they said, rightfully so, they said, let's tackle a ball first and, and just make sure we're beyond that step. So, um, yeah, I spent my six weeks there and I think it was good for me just to, to go and and really have some success at that level and just carry it throughout the year. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the rise without so much as a real hiccup is, is pretty impressive just on its face in the minors, ne- never mind landing here uh, the way you have. So, um, you know, uh, obviously uh, props on that. I mean, like my, my gosh, last year you had a nickname, uh, you know, Early in your AAA tenure, you already had a nickname, Mash, Mervis, which you, you got from uh, our friend Evan Altman in, in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, with fans and and things like that, like you had a T-shirt, um, you know, your dad was wearing Mash on your debut. When that's happening while you're uh, still at AAA, really not even through your first really fully productive, really good season. Does it, when it takes until May of the next year, does it feel like uh, that happened quickly or does it feel like you had to wait at that point? You know, people are starting to recognize you and you're getting a name and all that. Um, I really, I think the timing was good. Um, I have no complaints. I didn't feel rushed and I didn't feel like I was waiting. Um, You know, I, I, Spent a really good amount of time in AAA last year. I got some extra at-bats in the fall league. I got my big league camp. Um, I got the WBC, all the to prepare for this week. Um, and and I needed all of those at-bats and and all that experience to, to make sure that I was ready here. And to see people wearing shirts and, and my jerseys and stuff is, is really, really cool. Um, but I don't think that 
the the timing was wrong at all. You know, you went to spring training and and a, a lot of people were thinking, we don't know where this team's going to go. They added a bunch of guys. And, you know, certainly before they signed Hosmer, it was like people were penciling you in at first base. Uh, and then it was like, well, maybe he should still make the club uh, at a camp. You weren't on the 40-man roster, so that's always a consideration when they do roster numbers and decisions in camp. But did you go into camp believing that or being told that you had a legitimate opportunity to earn a spot? That's a tricky one. Um, like you just mentioned, the 40-man roster, I knew that if I were to make the team, some moves would have to be made. Um, and I don't know what the front office's strategy or or thoughts on that were. Um, my approach going into spring training was go play well, go learn from the guys that we brought in, um, and really just get ready for the season. My approach every day last year and into this year is just wake up every day and have a good game. Because if I can personally, if I can have a good game, that helps the team win. Um, it helps my development and hopefully helps the win or helps the Cubs bring back a World Series. So when you take that approach and you go back to AAA and you get off to the start you did, do you start at that point saying, OK, I'm, I'm going to keep this up and you know, good things will, uh, will happen. But do, a month in, do you start allowing yourself to think, hmm, I wonder what makes sense. I wonder when it might happen. I wonder what, you know, typical timing for something like this might be. And, and you start to look at the calendar at all? Not really. Um, I let my my agent, who does a great job, they communicate with the front office and, and keep that out of my head. Um, again, my approach is wake up and have a good game. I have a really good support system who I can – lean on if if things do start popping in my head but um they everyone around me did a really good job of helping me with that yeah part of the reason i asked is because i i looked at the calendar in retrospect and you missed debuting in your hometown washington dc by a day <laughs> um and and i wondered if at any point you looked at you know if this happens kind of on the early side um i could be at home when it happens yeah, that would have been cool, um, just out of ease for family and friends traveling. But obviously, they all they all made it here, and uh, you know, convenience wasn't a factor for them. They just wanted to be here whenever it was. Yeah. Besides, you know, the, I'm sure uh, for your plans and future, I mean, there'll be plenty of times to play at Nats Park. Right. Um, they they drafted you. They were the first team to draft you, right? Yeah, out of high school. Out of high school, yeah. The 30, 39th round, I think, and, and then you went to Duke instead. Um, Marcus Stroman went to Duke. I asked you about that last year, and, you, and, and I don't think you said you had – maybe you had just run across him because he'd spoken at the at campus a couple times. or. Um, but have you gotten to know him much better since? Yeah, yeah. We spoke a few times in spring training and, and obviously here the last few days. Um, and he's been great. He's been supportive. Obviously, he's a, a fellow Duke alum, and uh, we have that in common. So I know Dansby's a Duke basketball fan, too, and um, it seems like we have a, a good little circle here to fight off the Carolina fans. <laughs> uh, who, By the way, who who have you, um, you know, I, with Stroman doing his own thing as a pitcher, who have you kind of leaned on in the clubhouse uh, to get acclimated to things, or, or who's kind of come up to you and, and – and, uh, specifically offered their support? My locker was next to Nico's in spring training, so I uh, got to know him a little bit, and, and he's been really supportive, just um, 
trying to help me get acclimated. I'm next to Dansby here, which is a great brand to pick and a guy to just follow and, and see how he operates and um, has achieved his success. And then again, Hosmer and, and Mancini have been really good brains to pick. Um, looking forward to uh, haven't been able to do any defense defensive work with them yet, but um, I did with Hosmer a little bit in spring training and, and I'm looking forward to that again and just watching those guys hit really how they go through their routine. Um, Bellinger's has helped me out. Haps helped me out really everyone. Um, Madrigal going back to our time together a little bit in triple a last year. And I'm next to Wesneski on the other side in the locker room who we were teammates in, in Iowa as well last year. So there are plenty of guys who, who I can just go over, have a quick chat with and, and try to get on the same page. It strikes me when you mention Hosmer, um, what that says about him, because a lot of us anticipated that when your time came, it would be at the expense of his time with the Cubs. And obviously that it hasn't been that way. So, um, I mean, so it's worked out good for both of you, but obviously there is that little bit of a position collision there between the two of you, but he's that kind of a veteran guy, that kind of a clubhouse guy. It's been your experience with him. Yeah, absolutely. He's been nothing but helpful. Um, he called me over the other day to, to look at some kind of just walk through how he game plans pitchers. Um, again, I mentioned the defensive aspect and, and really just the clubhouse leadership, um, watching him, how he interacts with everybody and, and yeah, just, just kind of admiring how he goes about his work. Okay. Hey, uh, you get called up this team. Part of the reason you get called up is because this team got off to the start that it did and, wanted a boost. I mean, this is a team that it could have gone the other way, right? It, it could have been not quite as good a start. And then it could have just been, okay, we're talking about development. We're talking about, let's see what the team looks like in a month. This team got off to a, a really good start and wanted a boost for its lineup. You were brought in as a, as a catalyst, you know, that to maybe help in the same way that, uh, you know, um, uh, Morel was brought up, uh, you know, the other day. So, uh, in the context of you coming up in 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 that with that kind of team, they spent in the offseason, they got off to a good start. This team plans to win. So um, how do you, how much different does that make it for you when that's how you land in a debut? Um, and then you and then you just plug right into a lineup. I don't think it makes it much different. Um, you know, our goal is to win all throughout the system. And we got off to a really good start in AAA too, and and we're trying to win ball games there. So um, obviously there, it's a little bit higher stakes up here and, and the situations are a little bit more meaningful, but uh, winning is winning. You know, that's, I'm a competitor. That's my goal. And that's everyone in the locker room's goal. So uh, it, it just adds fuel to my fire and, and trying to help us win any way I can. Awesome. Yeah. I just had, couple of really quick ones, just kind of off, offbeat ones. Um, knowing that you're from D.C., you grew up in D.C., and I, and I think your parents still live there? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, when I think about what your hobbies might be, which, you know, stuff you might be interested in off the field, I wonder, are you, are you a politics guy? Are you a policy wonk type of guy? Do you pay attention to that stuff? Uh, so I grew up. I was born in D.C. I grew up in Maryland, um, a little bit outside of D.C., so I'm not not huge into the politics. I try not to dive too deep into that. But, um, yeah, my hobbies are, are pretty basic. I like to 
cook. I like to go fishing once in a while, just try to relax and, and not do anything too stressful in my brain. Well, DC is a good, uh, good restaurant food town and, and uh, so Chicago. So probably some ways you feel a little bit at home in that regard. Uh, last, last thing I, I had for you, I noticed um, the last couple of games, your walk-up music is a, is a really old classic Toto song, uh, Hold the Line. I mean, that's from the 70s, man. There's no way you can remember that song. Um, does that, is there a reason for that? No. I was just looking for songs one day, and um, I found that that one little, it starts at 40 seconds. Uh, and that's just, I found that, and I liked it. I don't know why, um, but I knew that, that that's what I was going to go with. There's no meaning to the to the line in the song or anything like that either? No, I think hold the line is a cool message, but uh, mm-hmm. there's no, like it's not a song that my parents liked growing up or or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. I was just, I was just curious. I like it. I mean, I'm an old guy. I like that song. Uh, did you have a different song in your debut? Yeah. It wasn't one that I picked. I, I just hadn't had my song in yet. So um, they played one for me. I'm not sure what it was. Okay. This, this is the one you picked. This is the one. Well, I like that. That's good. That's a good one. All right. Well, Hey, uh, hope it, uh, hope it, it provides uh, some good fortune along the way for you and you keep things up the, the way they've started. Thanks a lot. Um, hey, thanks for thanks for taking your time and uh, being with us on the on the podcast. Uh, according to Cap, this is an award winning podcast, and it's uh, and uh, we know it's the best Cubs podcast out there. And uh, it just got better today with you on the show. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me.